You wanted the best. You got the best. The Paranormal 60 News Crew is back. All four of us under one collective internet roof. Creepy cryptids and witch doctor edition. That's next right here on the best in Paranormal Talk Radio. This is the Paranormal 60 News. evening good night good morning good welcome wherever you are thank you for tuning in i guess i'm just confused and confounded by my own shirt i am here in minnesota it is uh going to be snowy the rest of my existence this was my last hopes for a sunny day so i i enjoyed the 60 degree weather and now i'm buckled in ready for the snow tomorrow but tonight i'm bringing a little bit of sunshine to you my darklings around the world and not only am I doing it with this very colorful Hawaiian shirt for those of you watching, but I'm doing it by putting us all back in one place. Ladies and gentlemen, back where he belongs, the Chachi of the paranormal field, Eric Folsom. Hey, hey. Good to have you back. Good evening, Dave. I love this shirt. Thanks. Yeah, it's kind of bright and brisk, right? I wanted to go out with a bang before gloom and doom. Are you really expecting snow tomorrow? Yeah, six to eight oh. inches this weekend. Maybe more. Maybe more. Maybe I should just head to Texas. Maybe uh, I was 84 Texas. here today, so. Yeah. Yeah, that might be the plan for me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the colonel is back as well. Good. To How are you there, Dave? We made it through know. another week. Yeah, we did. I'm glad you're back with us. I know you were battling COVID last time we had you here, and then you had a week exactly. off because... You needed a little time to rest. And yeah. then uh, last week, you guys were out in uh, in Jefferson, Texas, doing an event. And uh, weather kept knocking you guys out. But luckily, we were able to reconnect. And uh, all due to, I'm guessing, is the room of the paranormal detective, Greg Lawson. Greg, Glad to be here, to Dave. Show. Hey, thanks a Was lot. It was that your giant suite that you guys were broadcasting from last week? Oh yeah, yeah. When, when we roll up there, we uh, we go we go big there. We, we hit it big. hard. We hit it hard. Yeah. Wow. It was pretty wow. nice. Was our our whole very, uh, whole house. Yeah. Very fancy. It was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that we're all four together because it's been much too long, and uh, we've got a lot to unpack and get through. I've been holding off a few things. First off, I wanted to show this. Remember. It was a couple months back I threw out the uh, the challenge to our listeners that create a piece of art with us, right? I wanted to see oh, I've forgotten about that. artistic uh, renditions, oh, no. caricatures, uh, any kind of cool art. One oh, person boy. raised one, to, one the, to the car. Okay. And I feel bad because I saved the picture and then went back in. My email server crashed. I've lost three quarters of my emails. I don't know who made this for me. Please send in your name so I can talk about it next week and we'll give you the proper deal. But how do you like that? 
Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. The founding fathers. I like that. Oh, look at that. Flounding fathers. Oh, yeah, floundering. Great. Floundering's about floundering right. Floundering fathers. So, yeah, there you go. Cheers. Oh, that one. Thank yeah. you. Those those of you. That in. That's great. Yeah, go- gorgeous piece. For those of you that uh, are, are listening, you can go check out the videos on the YouTube channel um, and the picture. Uh, look at these. Speaking of pictures, guys, this is gorgeous. Look at this. It took this photographer 10 years to capture all of the different versions of the moon and all of the different colors. Oh, wow. That's Isn't amazing. that absolutely yeah. stunning? That is awesome. Yeah. Beautiful piece. And then uh, this was another follow-up piece I thought was gorgeous. Oh yeah. yeah, with the the transitioning of the blood moon over what is that Stonehenge? So mm-hmm. beautiful. That is, yeah, beautiful shot. So, so there you go. Uh, yes, it is, and I can't wow. read the the name on the bottom. It's very small. I, I, it's so small. I can't read. I've tried when I blow it up, it just pixelates. <laughs> but again, uh, that wasn't made by any of our listeners and sent in for us. But I just thought those were some gorgeous shots. I wanted to. It's awesome to share on the show. Um, before we get too deep into things tonight uh, with stories and, and the like, a uh, couple of quick announcements. First of all, your protection bracelet, folks, the mm-hmm. Paranormal 60 Energy oh, and Protection Bracelet. Mm-hmm. We are down to the last <laughs> 75 for the 2022 inaugural Better edition. get them. Once Better we're done with these 75, they're gone, and they will not be returning until the 10th anniversary. That almost so, it's like interested. the moon thing. Yeah. It's yeah. Beautiful, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. So if you're interested yeah. in the Paranormal 60 Protection and Energy Bracelet 2022 edition, then make sure you email me, Dave, at Paranormal60.com. They are $40. They're all actual gemstones. They've been infused with Reiki for positive energy protection. Uh, they're beautiful pieces. They've got six different styles of stones that are incorporated in there that are meant to protect and uh, ground and just everything you could want if you're into the paranormal. And again, you can email me. They're $40. Uh, I think it's $7.95 shipping and handling. And just email me, Dave at paranormal60.com. We'll invoice you. You pay it. We'll ship it. The next 75, once they're gone, they're gone, folks. We're not bringing those back. Boom. I just wanted to let oh, you know. Yeah. Drop that. Like- so, yeah, it's a, I, I got to make it known to people. All right, let's yeah. go. We got some emails that we've, uh, I've been waiting for all of us to come together so we could do these emails together. Uh, Jeff sends in this one. He says, hi guys, you may or may not recognize my name, but I have been a long time listener and I've written in a few times in the past. Today, I bring you a list of odd things I've questioned or observed. I'll go over each one briefly to keep from wasting your valuable time. All right. Alien radio. If aliens are so far advanced or from so far away, how do we know they even comprehend something as low tech as common radio? Wouldn't they have something better? That's a, that's an interesting question to be posed. Um, I I think they're, they're hoping that whatever society has evolved out there may have been at the level where they're broadcasting a signal of some sort and radio bursts. So, you know, it seems like it would be a natural progression. We could be wrong. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're just sending up smoke signals. Maybe that's as as advanced as they are at this point in trying to communicate. Um, but that's that doesn't stop us from searching and finding maybe, some strange things out there. Yeah. Or maybe, Dave, maybe yes, they're Colonel. thinking, those earthlings, all they know is radio. Why don't we just come down to their level 
and throw out mm -hmm. some radio signals. Hmm? There's that. Could be. Yeah. yeah. So that's a thought. All right. Bigfoot and infrared. What if Bigfoot can see into the IR spectrum? If so, why is it surprising that trail cams don't catch one or people hunting with night vision never see one? Maybe we should stop using IR light sources. I think a lot of us have been thinking this for a long time, and I, I know I've brought it up on the show in the past. I think you're right. I think that it does bathe an area, and if these animals have the ability, and we know that dogs and cats can see in the certain spectrums of ultraviolet into the uh, infrared, it very well could be just like turning a spotlight on. And I've thought right. that about ghosts as well, because if they live in that spectrum, you turning on an IR cannon might just be like putting a spotlight in our eyes. And that, that's why they may just always be fleeting off to the corner. They're trying to get the hell away from that light source. I don't know. What do you guys think on that? What do you, what, what's your take on, on beasts seeing IR? Should we, you know, what, what else do you find though? Those are the kind of things that those are the light sources. Our eyes can perceive things in. So we can't just look in pitch black. Right. There's plenty of, there's plenty of animals out there that do see in that spectrum. So uh, why not? Why not? Yeah. I guess you just got to keep trying, right? I mean, that's all you can do, but I, I'm with you. I, I, but I believe that is a big problem with it and that they do sense that. I, I, think, it's, I, I think it's interesting when, uh, when people criticize the way other people investigate and the equipment that they use, uh, that, you know, they say, well, they're not doing it right. They should be doing it this way. Well, if we were all doing it the same way, we would be missing a whole lot of other things. So I think it's a good thing that people are out there experimenting with a whole variety of things in different ways. Uh, and uh, maybe somebody it's like uh, more lines in the water, more chances you're going to catch a fish. Right. So Ooh, let's right. throw the lines out there. Good and, analogy. Yep. There analogy we go. Right there, Greg. Hey, I'll start. Do you know, now those trap cameras, uh, have any of you ever worked those? Yes. I have not. Okay. So a trap camera, is it always basking the area in IR or only when something passes in front of it, does it shoot off an IR pulse and take that picture? There's a couple of different uh, ways that those are designed. Some of them are on all the time. Some of them uh, are sending out pulses. And when those things are uh, disrupted, then it'll either take a picture or it'll turn the video on. Um, there's, uh, there's infrared ones. There's also motion sensing ones. And, you know, so, um, there, there's several different so designs, and the good thing about it is, is there the prices are coming way down, so there you're getting good quality now. Basically, uh, what we want then is a is a camera that is motion sensitive that it it picks up something, then uses the IR to capture and flash, but not just constantly sending out a, a screen of IR light. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, and if you know that those exist out there, folks, email me, Dave at paranormal60.com. Send me some links. I'd like to see those. That's a that's an interesting thought. And could we use those trap cameras in ghost hunts if something is moving in front of the camera lens that we can't necessarily see, but the camera can sense it? That that makes no sense to me either, I, to be honest with you. How does it, what is it picking up on if it, it is the camera so sensitive that it's seeing multiple layers of light sources so it can notice a, a spirit in a, in, in a different light phenomena or a different light uh, region. And then that's when it takes a picture. I'm so, I, I wish I knew more about all this technology. People are like, Oh yeah, we're scientific. We use these pieces of equipment. And, but many of us can't even explain how the damn thing works. Right. Yep. No, that actually be a, a good idea to have. Oh, I can't think of the gentleman's name right now. Um, 
that makes a lot of the equipment. Bill Chapel. Yeah, Bill. It'd be great to have yeah. Bill on to explain that. Oh yeah, yeah. he understands it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. So I was just out at a, a conference in um, Scarefest and I was up on the dais and I was sitting there next to the ghost hunters. Uh, so I've got the ghost hunters international, Paul Bradford, and then I've got Sherry D Benedetti. I've got Steve Gonzalez. I've got Dave Tango and Jason Hawes. And people ask, what are your favorite and least favorite pieces of equipment? And, uh, you know, they kind of launch through it and it gets to Jason. He goes, well, you know, I like, uh, you know, I like a camera recorder, but I can't stand the ovalis that, you know, to me, that's garbage. It doesn't work out like a spirit knows how to trigger those words to be heard and seen and blah, 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 blah. And then they go to me and I go, well, as the official voice of the ovalis, I don't know exactly if I should weigh in or not. Uh, <laughs> it just got real awkward and, and uncomfortable all the way around the room. Uh, for those that don't know the, the equipment, the ovalis, uh, there's a male and a female voice on it. I'm the male voice. Uh, my friend, Susan Cummins, our friend is the female voice of the ovalis. And uh, so when I've ever had to investigate on a TV show, I always have to use the female version. Otherwise I'm just talking to, <laughs> talking to yourself. <laughs> yeah, very weird. <laughs> Jesus didn't want I me. Mean, this is going back to the email. Jesus didn't want Mary to touch him. When Jesus had emerged from the tomb, he told Mary that she couldn't touch him because he had not yet ascended. Could this be a clue to why ghosts avoid being in the same room as a living person? Jeff has been given some serious thought to this. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Some big thinking right wow. there, Jeff. Yeah. Hmm. I need yeah. the questions I, pre-submitted at it next time. I, yeah, I you need yeah. you need to give us some time, man. Give us some no, time. I like I like to kind of hit you because I want you to have the brain juices bubbling as tonight's show goes, so that by the time we get to reading news stories, words will be much easier. Are they brain oh, juices? Yeah. Is it, are, are they really brain juices? Is that what that is? It's more like jello. Yeah. Uh, well, here it is. Uh, Jesus didn't want Mary to touch him. His own disciples did not recognize him when he no. walked among them after rising. It makes me wonder, was he more of an uh, a, a, an energetic signature as opposed to a flesh and blood figure when he rose from the dead? Or why do we always right. assume it was a physical form that rose? Why wasn't it the spirit that rose and we could see his ghost? Well, that, that would make a lot more sense, what you just said, right? They, if yeah. they didn't recognize him, it would be because he was altered in some way. And right. and actually, I've never thought of it that way. What you just said was prophetic. That I, that makes more sense uh, that he would, would have been in like spirit form or something. Well, you know, and, and again, he had gone through a lot in the last few weeks of his life. Maybe he right. was a healthier Jesus that came back <laughs> to... Well, uh, right. You know, or maybe, maybe he was, all those maybe he was wounds, he's up. like, don't yeah. touch me. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to hug COVID a bunch thing, of lash you know, marks. Yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. after I bring the groceries in, right? It's got to lay down for a couple hours. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I get it. You know, I totally. Did I just compare when, Jesus on the cross to me hanging groceries in the car? Wow. Yeah, well, I was just, mm. just going to say, I watched The Passion of the Christ, and I'm like, I know that guy's pain because I get a paper cut and need a nap. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I totally, yeah. Mm. You know, he had some swelling going on. And, and, and Listen, you can almost hear the sound of the keyboard warriors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Paranormal 60 News crew, you are hateful and 
against Christianity. I, I'm so curious why people feel, and there's a new rating. Somebody rated and reviewed us on iTunes, and they talked about their, their concern for me because they feel I may be pulling people towards an atheistic lifestyle. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I do prayer requests. I talk Boom. about God. I've talked yeah. about religious moments. Wow. And, and people constantly but, question. Kind of, Dave, uh, you do it in a way of trying to pull people away from, from Christ. And well, I don't know. It's you know. the whole cult. Thing, Dave. Yeah, yeah, Dave. Yeah, it is. You know. Let's the put Dave back in Christmas, okay? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let's put the Dave. Back I'm gonna have Christmas. a Dave that's package for Christmas. That's why I'm kind of growing. You aren't. First of all, not going to have my package for Christmas. Yes. Let's just <laughs> not even for forty dollars. Right no, no, for forty bucks. <laughs> all right, Come on, it's forty dollars. Uh, our next, our next segment: communicating with spirit children and swear words. I've noticed on many shows, people try to use big words that small children wouldn't understand or swear words that would probably offend them or older spirits, even if they aren't directly addressing the spirits. Wouldn't the spirits still hear them? Why do investigators forget? That is a great question. I was invited 12, 14 years ago to an investigation in Georgia, and we went into this beautiful old antebellum home, and at one point, I guess, uh, the uh, Yankees came through and stormed it, took it over, kind of forced the family out. They eventually got their house back. But then here we come. There's a couple of us Yanks and a couple of the Southerners in this house. And they're very demanding. They're, what's your name? Why are you here? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, we're getting no EVP. I'm just curious. This is an old Southern home. We probably should have asked permission to enter. Now that we're here, and I started doing EVP asking questions, I'm like, first of all, Mr. Folsom, thank you for allowing us into your home. It is absolutely lovely. I can understand why you would be so proud of it and stay here. I come here out of a place of respect and love, I promise you, and I'm sorry for the disrespect we've shown in the past. Are you blah, blah, blah? And I, I started asking questions about the third question. We started getting responses. Mm -hmm. So everybody kind of shifted their attitude. So you're right. Sometimes in using our current vernacular, we might be offending the spirits hurting sure. the spirits, uh, feelings, whatever it might be, uh, you know, we're just being rude. And you have to think in speaking to these spirits, how would I want my grandparents, my parents, my children, my grandchildren spoken to, and what can we do to kind of assess that and, and make it better? So I'm with you hundred percent. I agree. And I, I know that we've made that um, mistake along the way as well. I, I think in the TV shows I've been in, I've done my very best to try to come with love and respect and think that through sometimes when something touches you or sh shoots you down, knocks you to the ground, you curse. It mm -hmm. happens. Um, gets you, you know, kind of unnerving, but you're right. Maybe we do need to be a little bit more cognizant, but I am always very cautious when I believe I'm dealing with the spirit of a child. I try to, um, not use those words. A lot of times I will sit on the floor trying to lower my perspective because it, the intimidation factor, I'm a six foot tall guy, you know, extremely good looking and strapping built like, you know, Hulk yeah, Hogan yeah. in his prime. Oh, so yeah. I know I can be a bit overwhelming to a child. So I, that's why I sit on the floor. I invite them to come over and sit with me or talk. And, and I try to communicate that way. But, uh, what do you, what do you think about that? You know, some of the, these people, hundred, 200 years old, even if we spoke to them, just like we're speaking now without slang words, without curse words, would they even understand the message that we're trying to convey to them half the time? No, there, I mean, there's a certain type of communication engagement back then that, you know, uh, that we obviously don't do now. Um, 
it's a, a lot more of a I wouldn't say rude, but it's just just the way we communicate back now that they did differently back then. So I think they would find it odd. They probably wouldn't kind of understand half the words we use because you know it just doesn't have the same uh, meaning between the different generations, however far back you go. Well, that's why I think it too is important to know the kind of place you're going to. If I'm going into what used to be uh, a very Hispanic household and I'm in there, oh yeah, oh, who's here? Can you tell me your name? Where are you from? What year is it? <laughs> it's probably best to have somebody that can speak um, in their language to try to communicate. Now, I know a lot of people believe that it's telepathy that connects us, that that posing the question in your mind, the spirits can sometimes hear it. Vocalizing it is only for the recorder. Huh. Mm. Mm. Thoughts mm. on that brain trust? Mm. Uh, we got translations here. Eric? I've got two thoughts. First, I'm going to ask the listeners to please send in artwork of Dave on Hulk Hogan's body in his prime. Mm-hmm. That, that's my first request. Saying, hey, wait a minute. First, well, of how all, old are you? Let's what clarify is? that because they're going to they're going to have a picture of me climbing on Hulk Hogan in his prime. So, <laughs> whatever they see fit, yeah. Whatever their artistic uh, feelings go towards, let's, yeah, let's see that. Right. Artists are artists. Secondly, right. you know, it's funny. I was talking to somebody the other day who is from New England, right? Mm-hmm. And being in Texas, and we were having a, a problem communicating because they are very short and abrupt and they talk like Jeff Belanger. And mm-hmm. yeah. I was talking a little bit slower. I was enunciating. I was using the words that were taught in Jeez. school. <laughs> so I could you see, were, I was trying to use a real life example. What do you like about 10, mm-hmm. uh, 10 scotches in? It's like, yeah, <laughs> let me tell you yeah. your problem. <laughs> yeah. You don't speak the Queen's English very well. <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta say, when, uh, when we were in Jefferson, we had this opportunity to meet a couple of folks that recognized us from the show. Um, the wife said, Oh, Chachi, so nice to see you. I thought that was really sweet. And her husband responded, Good to see you sober. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. He did. He did. That's the first thing. Your wife said. agreed, though. That's the important thing. Well, that yeah, she likes me the that. other way. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, our There's final question from this email. This oh, is all from Jeff. This is question. Yeah. This is his. Yeah. Jeff he, is he, a all these big thinker, man. He's you like, need, you need to have Jeff on the show. Yeah. Time so. and aver- I don't think we'd have time for it. We're not. You weren't- <laughs> We're only through three questions. Time anniversary. I've seen people who want to investigate on the anniversary of some event in the spirit world. How would this take uh, leap years into equation? Mm. Well, uh, this, wait, wait, wait. No, this oh, is oh, asking, yeah. especially since many seem to believe time doesn't work the same on the other side. Mm-hmm. That's where I was going. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. That's you know. I never th- I never think of of leap year. But it's kind of like here's here's the thing to me that calls into question the whole three o'clock witching hour, the dead time, right? Why is that the dead time? And yeah. does the spirit world adhere to daylight saving? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they're in Arizona right now. <laughs> right. Uh, exactly. Shut up. It's 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 really two o'clock right now. Okay. Right. Yeah. You know, or don't the, rattle your chains. We have another 45 minutes. Exactly. They set the clock back. Yeah. Or if we programmed yeah. ourselves to your point saying, oh, the witching hour, I got to be more uh, open right. between three and 4 a.m. Yeah, exactly. 
It's not that they are. It's just that we are. We are. Maybe. 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 You're set alarm to, to wake them up at three to get going, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's a, it, it's the intention manifestation aspect of it. Here's one more theory I want to throw out to you guys. I thought was interesting because I came up with it. Hmm. <laughs> it's going to be good. The idea that, okay. So sadly my neighbor in the house next to me passed away a little uh, over a year ago. Uh, nobody's died in my house. Why all of a sudden would a haunting start in my house five, 10 years from now? And my thought was this, you know, people that say, you know, I don't understand why this happened. Somebody died two houses. No, well, we think maybe the ghost just walked over, but if we know that the magnetic poles shift every few years and that the spirits seem to live in a magnetic realm, right? We're, we're believing electromagnetic force or field as the world turns and the the gravitational pull changes, would it maybe shift? So our planet's a little bit this way and the gravitational pulls a little bit this way. So maybe the spirit is still in the same gravitational well, but physically things have changed around it. I'm going to use a term that Greg and Marty haven't been in the military. will understand. I don't know if you'll get yeah. this or not, Dave, but yeah, this show and these discussion topics are way above my pay grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get on here to laugh and giggle, and you are asking some seriously yeah. difficult questions tonight. Jeff, Jeff is just going. Wow, I just thought it'd be fun to it. talk. Talk. I, I love the listen. Thanks, you, you always come up with with these uh, ideas that no one else does, which I think is what makes you so great, quite honestly. But that makes wow. an excellent point. Uh, does it not? Yes, that, it does. That it does. Okay. So just an interesting thought. Maybe there's a scientist out there. I know we actually have, and we know NASA engineers and scientists mm-hmm. that we've traveled with. So if there are any engineers, uh, geological uh, scientists, anybody like that might be, could write in. I'd love to even have you on and you could address that with us. Dave at paranormal 60. We, we should do an entire show 60. where uh-huh. we just bring on people to just answer Jeff's questions. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, or more. We have, believe it or not, I have more emails that we're going to have to get to tonight as well. But we're already get out. We're already at twenty six. Do, do you have any that like say how great we are? Those are the ones I was hoping uh, we'd hear. Yeah. Yeah. We're we going to get to those, those, but let's let's earn those first. It Fair. is time for a little news. And uh, first up is the paranormal detective. So wow. If, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, trust me, it's a surprise to Batten me too. First in the lineup. Wow! Yeah, this is yeah, great. Here we go. All right, here okay. we go. Yeah. And I'm not. Here uh, we go. I'm, 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 Everybody, okay. grab so, your glass. Stand yeah. by. Ancient Greek <laughs> statue of woman holding laptop raises eyebrows. Starts a time travel theory. Yeah, that's the. Thank uh, you, Mister <laughs> Shatner. <laughs> You've had this for 24 hours. You just now read it for the first time. Oh God. Everybody loves conspiracy oh. theory. Now we have conspiracy theory that suggests that time travel probably is a possibility. People are finding out that ancient Greek statue may depict a woman using a laptop with a USB. Yes, you heard that right, folks. Does that mean that time travel existed? Obviously. Uh, yeah, the, the statue known as Grave Nascas of an enthroned woman with an attendant is on display at the J. Paul Getty Museum in Malibu, California. And was so we just say a, that that name is probably doesn't really flow off the tongue. Whoever named uh, it might have rethought that yeah, name before. Yeah, that's, 
Yeah. It's a little bit they, uh, scientific. What's the title? Yeah. Grave Nesikos of an Enthroned Woman with Attendant. That is, that's yeah. a little too long. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's not yeah. catchy. It's yeah, not really it's not catchy. That catchy. Chicken yeah. the Cherub might have been a better name for it. <laughs> Uh, chicken cherub. That's why that's I like Andy it. Warhol, right? Tomato soup. Right. Simple. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. they could have? They could have named it "Woman Putting Tape Over Camera on Laptop." Oh, Marty! <laughs> that's what it looks Just, like. Yeah. Yeah. Woman, yeah. woman missing fingers. Uh, yeah, sitting yeah, on the yeah. toilet with a yeah. child laptop. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, it was used as a funeral marker in 100 BC. Okay. Uh, in the said statue, which is over 37 inches tall, the woman could be city, seen sitting on a throne-like chair as a young servant holds open a thin box for her to inspect. According to the video of Conspiracist YouTube channel, still speaking out. Those of you in the audience, please drink. Oh, geez. There is a notion that the base is too shallow to be a jewelry box. It depicts an astonishing object that bears a striking resemblance to a modern laptop or some other handheld device. The video claims. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I look at the sculpture, I can, can't help, but uh, think of the oracle <laughs> of Delphi on your own spittle. What he speaks like he reads. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very William Shatner. Oh, yeah, good God. Oh, here we go. All right. I can't help think of the oracle of Delphi, which is supposed to allow priests to connect to the gods and retrieve advanced information. Mm-hmm. According to, mm-hmm. to conspiracy theorists, <laughs> the woman's eyes are focused on the inner lid of the object, the same location as a laptop monitor would be. However, bioarchaeologist Christina Kilgrove of Forbes recently debunked the theory about the image having a laptop. He said that even though it may not be a wax tablet, the artist may <laughs> still have wanted to sound uh, out the words wanted to, like a jewelry box. <laughs> <laughs> First syllable, then second syllable. Then <laughs> I before E except after C. God, I, you yeah. know, I start, yeah. I see a word and I'm like, okay, they're going to attack me. And then I get distracted and then you attack me. And then I, I it's a self Somebody, somebody is so sensitive. Wow. So anyway, he says, Mm-hmm. It's not until the Romans embraced realism that we truly get the realistic depictions of people and things. After all, Kilgrove reported where the USB port is concerned. Kilgrove mentioned that the holes may once have held wooden or other perishable objects. Listeners, what do you think? That's what I'm going to start ending with now is listeners. What do you think? I submit, for those of you that can see this on the video screen, I submit she is simply holding up her laptop so that she can tune into the best in paranormal I podcasting. Think so, yeah. The Paranormal 60 News crew, uh, she's just watching the show. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what they should call it, woman enjoying the Paranormal 60. I think so. <laughs> I could be wrong. How many, yeah, how right. many do I have Greg. to do? How many do I have? Uh, you might as well, two two more glasses. Do you, do you have cover a bottle? Out. Do you have got, a bottle with you? Yeah, I got Milam and Green. I know uh, Eric that's is. That's delicious. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good Eric stuff. Is, All right, let's focus. Uh, Chachi, you are on deck, son. What have we got? I have a story 
Fat mm. Greg. <laughs> wow. I can't, I, I can't even try to imitate it. It's so good. All right. Let's see we go. Bizarre pictures reveal clues into Navajo Nation's terrifying string of Bigfoot, UFO, and Skinwalker sightings. Mm. Federal mm. Rangers Stanley Milford Jr. and Jonathan Redbird Dover, who call themselves Paranormal Rangers, claim to have captured the so-called paranormal activity. The what? Paranormal? As it was coming out of my lips, I was like, that isn't coming out the way I'm thinking it in my mind. That was the weirdest thing. That was normal. You're doing fine. You're doing fine, Eric. That's the first sentence. I'm going to get better from here. All right. Sure. The, the investigators have now shared some of the evidence they've compiled over the years. It includes pictures of large scratch marks on the side of a trailer, as well as huge footprints in the dirt and sand. That's a pretty big uh, footprint there. Mm -hmm. Dover and Milford conduct investigations across Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah, and visit residents in the area who have reported the apparent paranormal encounters. It comes as the area has had dozens of of strange reported sightings over the years, from Bigfoot to UFOs to skinwalkers, a kind of shape-shifting witch that often takes the form of various animals. I'm not sure mm -hmm. I agree with that description. Do you, Dave? A shape-shifting uh, yes, witch? because that's what the Navajos refer to it as, mm -hmm. so it's their thing. I'm going to tell them they're right. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I should just wow. stick to reading, right? Yeah, probably. Yep, pretty much. Okay, Let's it. let okay. the thinking <laughs> questions go to Jeff, okay? Can we leave got that it. to Jeff to think? All right. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Yeah, really. really. Jeff, write that down. And yeah. after years of investigating, Milford and Dover believe the occurrences are linked. They found that the more Bigfoot sightings there were, the more UFO sightings were reported. But while the Rangers claim to have found all manner of supporting evidence and documentation over the past decade, they have never found hard answers. Bigfoot is seen all over our reservation, they said in a podcast called Fascinating Nouns. They're seen in pairs and they're seen often. We found footprints. We found hair samples. Hair samples were sent for DNA analysis, and what came back was unknown carnivore. When speaking about Bigfoot's appearance, they explain that it varies. Some have red hair. They also call them ginger Bigfoots. Some have brown hair, and some have streaked hair. Those must be the 80s girls. There are enough reports from people like USDA workers or nurses over and over and over across the entire reservation. They also shared that the creature has an overpowering smell. When asked on the podcast if they have ever had any personal experiences with paranormal creatures, Milford and Dover shared one strange occurrence. Stan was in a situation where he was doing a Bigfoot investigation and some rocks came flying through the pine trees and landed about 15 feet away from him. They later determined that the rocks, which they said weighed about 15 pounds, were being thrown 300 yards from Ooh. the slope. Milford and Dover's work has now been featured in the Netflix series unsolved mysteries mm, love it yeah. yeah that's a good show have you guys been watching the new the old no, one scared the hell, hell out of me but the new one i thought it's pretty good i haven't watched the new no. one yet no uh, yeah i've seen the i've seen there's been a couple of good cases i've enjoyed that did I, you guys you watch know. the the original one when you were young oh yeah of course yeah. did it scare the oh, yeah. out of you what no i'm a i'm a boy i was what are what oh, are ow. Ow, that hurt what are nursers Nursers, they're the ones that feed children. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones that are nursing the babies. They're yeah. the nursers. Nurse 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 on, Therefore, they are nursers. True. All right. Uh, I don't have any. Colonel, Colonel, you have a story. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, Dave, pictures of Bigfoot-like creature hiding in trees shows the huge size of the beast. 
The internet and Bigfoot community was buzzing recently when pictures of a Bigfoot-like creature lurking among trees was released and show how a beast emerged from the tree line showing the sheer, sheer size of the beast. Yeah, look drink, at that. Drink. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, a, that's an artist rendition we're looking at there, Marty. Is that a tale? Well, a, yeah. a damn good artist rendition. It is. Thank you very much. Looks the like footage. a brown uh, Grinch, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, <Yeah>. actually. <laughs> or if you look the other way, it looks like an aardvark. That too out the yeah. back wow that's weird hmm. anyway the footage which was shot in a wooded area in tennessee shows a huge black figure with super long arms moving through the trees despite a lack of clarity which appears to be the norm in all these situations there's definitely some weird creature hanging around the in the tree line even though there's a giant beast hanging around just a few hundred feet away from his campsite the person shooting the video doesn't sound overly concerned with its presence in the brief clip. According to the report, the man said he first thought it was a friend playing a prank, but once he saw the length of its arms and how it moved from tree to tree, he quickly grabbed his daughter and ran back quickly. inside. Quickly grabbed his quickly, daughter huh? and Spell ran that. back inside. He said he got his gun <laughs> and dog. He said he got his gun and dog and went back outside, but the creature had gone. What happened to his daughter? I guess he, he threw her in the... In the uh, well, yeah, in he the put cabin. her inside and he took okay. the dog and the gun. I, th I thought it... Uh, I thought how it said long? Took, it's not that hard. Do I need a whiteboard? He took his gun and dog and yeah. went Was away. He uh, his daughter back. Tree to no. tree? The yeah. video has been shared on social media where it's got people baffled and questioning what it could be. Hey, Dave, I sent that to you. I don't know if you got that today. Do you? If you have it, can you show that for us? You got for it, Colonel. Please. Hey, just do you see that? Do you see that? I'm afraid. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Finally, do you see that? But wait, hey, hold on, Dave. Hold the presses. There's an update that just came out. I just sent it to you. I uh, don't know if yep, you got I've it. Got but it. Can you show that update, please? I can. Now, so we saw the video, and guys, I want you to weigh in on it. That yeah. video is pretty compelling, especially when you first you see the thing kind of walking, but it's when its arm reaches out. It looked unnaturally mm -hmm. long, yeah. like Unnatural. the gate yeah. of some kind of uh, primate. Uh, that would be reaching. I said prime ape, not primate, because I was thinking this is going to be like some kind of major ape. Uh, right, but it's, right. it's pretty, pretty strange looking. I, what did you think of it, Eric? Uh, at, at first, I almost thought it was translucent, though. Was was that just mm -hmm. me, or was it the way it was filmed? It looked like you could almost see through it. But then when he reaches that arm out, I, I, I was thinking it was more of a um, shadow figure as opposed to a, an actual being. Mm. See, and, and, and that's the theory, right? You know, everybody always says, well, uh, his camera was out of focus. Well, maybe, maybe Bigfoot is out of focus. Very, very. We got welcome insightful. Jeff to the show, everybody. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. You're well, here, here's the update, folks. Uh -oh, uh -oh. And I'm sorry to be the kind of poop on your oh, parade. No. Uh, so the image that we saw, the video is pretty compelling. However, yeah. there was some sleuthing done online 
And mm-hmm. uh, Matt Moneymaker from Finding Bigfoot was certainly interested in this, as were many of the Bigfoot sites, until one of the sleuths uncovered a photograph of the guy who was taking the video. Oh, uh, and here's the pic of the guy's Facebook page, and you see that he is standing next to a friend who's in a, like a, I don't know, like a headless yeah. horseman, grim reaper kind of costume with extended long arms. Yeah. So off in the woods using kind of one of those blur techniques or techniques techniques. I can't even say regular words. Uh, (laughs) I think that's what we saw. So this guy was just pulling a little uh, shenanigans, but compelling piece of video. You could see why that would certainly capture the attention of people. That's what I thought. My attention to it. Yeah. Well, Hey uh, guys, before we go to a break, you know what it is? It's time for. It's time now for Paratunes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Listeners of the show, longtime fans, Lady Alice, are sharing their song with us called Monster.
Awesome, oh, man! I love that. That was good. That was good. That she's was got good. a very she's got a very Liz Fair sound or voice. I, I was going Debbie Harry, but okay, I'll take Liz Fair. Yeah, yeah. I, either way, not a bad sound. That's uh, Lady Alice with Monster. We will have a link up for that and for Lady Alice. You could find more information about that as well. But first. We have to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of the best in paranormal programming. This is the Paranormal 60 News. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. 
Dave's here rooting you on. And if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. Betterhelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Shane Pittman and Dave Schrader, we're heading back behind bars. The old Joliet State Prison event, May 6th and May 5th. You can find us in Joliet, Illinois, as we go back to the old prison. We're going to investigate what I believe is one of the most haunted locations I've ever been to in my life. I'm hoping that you'll join us there. I'm trying to talk the boys from the news crew to join us. It's going to be an amazing weekend, and we would love for you to come on out and hang out with us. This is an opportunity. There are VIP tickets for two nights of investigations, or you can get single-day tickets. VIP is almost sold out. Saturday, almost sold out. Get your tickets for May 5th, Clinko de Mayo, and spend time behind bars with your favorite paranormal team. We are back. This, of course, is the Paranormal 60 News. And joining me, we've got Chachi, we've got the Colonel, and we have the Paranormal Detective, That's Greg right. Lawson. All right, uh, we got to get back into stories, and, and it, it would appear I have the next story to share. So hey. Yay. Yeah. Good luck so, to you, uh, Dave. Thank no you drinking on this one. No drinking on Oh, and please do me, do me a favor, folks. Make sure that you support our advertisers. All of the great mm-hmm. advertisers you hear on this program – that's what keeps us afloat. So make sure that you check out those uh, advertisers that you support them and give them some love. Please. It means a lot to me. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is an interesting story. Filmmaker Molly Elfman said she was inspired to write and direct the movie uh, next exit now in theaters because of her real life encounters with the paranormal. The film is about a scientist who proves the existence of the afterlife. I grew up in a haunted house and I've always felt there's a presence and ghosts around Elfman told UPI in a recent phone interview. For me, that was never something scary as I grew up. Elfman's mother is Jerry Eisenmenger and she moved Molly and her sister Lola into the house after her divorce from her musician father, Danny Elfman. At school, Molly learned a uh, man had murdered his wife in their house and it's allegedly remained haunted ever since. She keeps the address of the house private out of the respect for the current owners. However, Elfman said she believes most spirits leave Earth unless they have unfinished business. I've always believed that ghosts aren't here to haunt us, she said. We're here, the living, unable to let go of something or deal with something and keeping ghosts tied to us, which we've talked about on the show. I do believe that that is probably the case. The spirits aren't here because they need to be. They're here for us to try to bring us peace. Elfman was also in the room where her grandmother died. She said her own attempts to reconcile how her grandmother's essence could leave her physical form worked their way into the next exit script. The story really comes from me not being able to let go, Elfman said. I need to know, but there's a world and a place in which they do exist. So I created a movie about it. In the film, Dr. Stevenson, played by Karen Gillan, discovered and documented a ghost rather visiting his son. But to continue her research, Stevenson invites volunteers to let her study their transition into the next realm, i.e. they volunteer to die. Well, Rose and Teddy volunteer and share a rental car to San Francisco. Along the way, both characters reveal their reasons for wanting to hasten their journey to the great beyond. Rose is looking for a way out and Teddy's looking for a way in, Elfman said. This is a very emotional response to a new reality. 
Some people believe that Rose and Teddy encounter, uh, or rather some people that Rose and Teddy encounter are trying to join the afterlife without the assistance of Stevenson. However, Elfman said her focus in Next Exit was on the living people. The point of the film is not the idea of passing on, but the idea of why life matters. Next Exit explores how society functions when the fear of death is removed. Elfman said she hopes the message is that life is still worth living until the very end. If death has no meaning, then what does life mean, Elfman said? It's everything. Our experiences here every single day and every single moment are what we are made of. So that's a brand new movie. And again, you can check it out in theaters right now. Next exit. This actually sounds really good. I'll yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get one of us to go out and see it and report on it. Mm-hmm. Let's see which one of you. Okay. Colonel, you get the job there next go. week. I want a full report on next exit. Awesome. First, before I start another coughing jag, I'm going to bring my own jag back. Ladies and gentlemen, the paranormal detective as <laughs> the next story. All right. Uh, what's up? Hey, uh, friendly ghosts are happy to meet you at Hacienda Hotel. Hacienda Hotel. That's mm-hmm. the header, right? There's nothing like an abandoned, boarded-up building to spark the imaginations of passers-by. From children, I think maybe there are witches that live in there, to old-timers recalling urban legends about all sorts of nefarious goings-on. And the newly restored Hacienda Hotel in downtown Newport Ritchie has sparked plenty. From tales of secret underground tunnels to sightings of unexplained physical activity, the hotel has inspired speculation aplenty. Yes. Uh, but, says ghost hunter Chris Gostowski, not all is rumor. Chris and his fiance Alex Wilkinson, owners and operators of Paranormal Kicks Cancer, says there are indeed spirits inhabiting the historic hotel, and they are happy to see visitors. We've heard stories, he says, and there are indeed disembodied spirit denizens of the hotel. One, he said, is a little girl that contracted VD while visiting the relative. Oh, wait, no, the, wait, wait, wait. She, con- huh? she contracted, contracted TB. TB. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Tuberculosis. Wow. That changes oh, the story. Big, totally. Right big, there. big difference. Yeah. I like the yeah. original story. <laughs> no, that's, you don't Keep want a little one. girl. Dude, I've never worked child abuse too long. Oh, oh God. All right. Oh, so that was a, that was obviously a Freudian thing. Yeah. Everybody um, have a drink. Yeah. Well, uh, let's, yeah. let's try to drink that thought away. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's start again. Take two. While One, he visiting, said is a little girl who contracted TB, TB while yeah. visiting a relative at the hotel and died in the building. He said that on two occasions, staff members found help messages spelled out in cups on the floor of a storeroom that was locked, sealed, and had cameras. No people could have come in or out without being recorded. And yet the messages were there. There also, he says, is a lady in white who manifests in the dining area. It's not that she bothers people, he said. She just wants attention. The story is that she lost her life through self-inflicted wounds. People who have seen her report that her neck looked like she might have hung herself. And she wears a period costume. There uh, is also Dancing Ghost, 
who appear when a work crew was displaying some uh, or, or was, was display was playing some heavy dance music. Uh, and they Focus responded on the story, not the oh, pictures. Jesus. And they story, responded the every time someone asked them to raise their right hand and continued boogieing until the music stopped, at which point it would vanish. More than one, says Gunkowski. Uh, he also related a story about a construction crew who removed a Christmas tree from the then abandoned building and returned the next day to find the tree reconstructed in the same spot, but using wood scraps. Oh no. Yeah. The, the crew said that, <laughs> uh, that they wouldn't return, oh, no. but in his view, the spirit just wanted them to know that he wanted to keep the tree there. Uh, none of these spirits are scary or negative. He said, I think they're just happy that people are coming back into the building because they've been sitting there so long. All the spirits we've contacted just want to be known. They want to be heard. The ghost hunter, a Newport Richie native says that he's not trying to convince anyone of anything, but doing what we enjoy and what others may enjoy to contribute to the community. Listeners, what do you think? Well, listen, and they are contributing to the community. Paranormal Kicks Cancer, they raise money for yes, that. If you're interested in doing a walking ghost tour of downtown Newport, Ritchie, Florida, call 727-534-0617 or check out www.flghosts.com. FL is in Florida, www.flghosts.com. You can also find Paranormal Kicks Cancer on Facebook. So I definitely support them and uh, more than happy to promote that they're doing that kind of work out there. So thank you. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. I think I, what do I need three, two, what <laughs> two glasses. Yeah. yeah. All right, Colonel, uh, you're back. Bottles. You've got, uh, you've got an interesting story of uh, bottles, a place not everybody would want to live. Yeah, I do. Dave uh, living among the dead, former grave digger on life in city's biggest cemetery, there are a few houses in Birmingham, England, quite as unique as that of Mark Cox. Nestled between the booming M6 and the deafening silence of Winton Cemetery, Mark has been living in a cold, dark corner of the city's biggest graveyard for 23 years. While most of us would shudder at the thought of living yards away from thousands of graves, as a former grave digger and veteran of the first Gulf War, death has never phased Mark. But even for a former soldier like Mark, who has seen some terrifying things in his time, living among the dead can take its toll. The 54-year-old 54, 54 spoke about his experiences of paranormal activity and the little girl in the window he shares his home with. I've been to war. I'm scared of the living, not the dead, Mark laughs. But saying that, there have been a few incidences over the course of my time here that have scared me stiff. Mark then shared his experience with the gray girl, a ghostly figure of a young girl with long black hair draped over her face, dressed all in gray. He says he first saw her years ago looking, excuse me, looking at him through the back window of his property. I didn't think of anything of her at the time, but a few years later, I was approached by a group of mourners who got, I got chatting to. I told them, I lived alone, and they ask, who's that girl who we always see in your window? But Mark has come to terms with her. There's a comfort in it, he says. I think she looks after me. She's never done me any harm. Mark moved in back, moved in 
back in 1999 after taking a job as a grave digger three years earlier, and he doesn't see himself moving anytime soon. Even now, people ask me how I can live here, but I always say, what do you mean? People are dying to come here. I just love how I, yeah, I know, <laughs> I, I kind of hurt saying that one. Mm -hmm. I just love how isolated I am here. It's very peaceful. I don't know what it is. I just find it comforting. I've never thought of moving, and I'm happy, very happy here. That's yeah. very cool. I uh, personally, the idea of living next to a cemetery or something, not happy. When I was going to college in Winona, <clears throat> we would rent houses in the town and, you know, you'd, you'd have the whole floor of a house with two or three rooms in it. You and your buddies would rent it. And uh, I was out of state um, back in Illinois. I was coming back. My roommates found a new place for, for us. I get in. I drive in at night, unload, and then in the morning, I look out, and it's right across the street from the cemetery. And I'm like, no, guys, <laughs> no. So we, we moved like a half mile down the road. I what? just, I could, oh, really? so, yeah, I don't I don't like that. I never did for a long time. Darkest the, the concept day? of just having death right there on your doorstep. So what do we do? We moved down the street and across from the old folks' home. Well, so we had this like tower of old more. people, yeah. but what I would do, you know, I love Sinatra, Dean Martin, all the, all the classics. So I would go out on my roof and read and study, but I would play Sinatra music. So all you'd see all the windows open up and the old folks would stand out on their porches, listening to me play Sinatra. So uh, yeah. maybe it was cause I was nude. I don't know, but they were definitely out there. Could be that too. You never yeah. know. All right, Chachi. Yes. Yeah, you got to swap. Very impressive. Yes. This is the story you claimed you didn't have today. Ed McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Dave. I thought I did. All right, here we go. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Thieves return a stolen cow after a witch doctor unleashes a swarm of bees on them. In a strange story out of Kenya, a pair of thieves returned a cow that they had stolen after a witch doctor cast a spell that unleashed a swarm of bees upon them. Mm. The bizarre case reportedly began last Thursday in the city of Embu when Lillian Wythera noticed that someone had taken the livestock from her property. Although she reported the theft to police, it would seem that the woman did not want to wait for authorities to track down the culprits and, as such, enlisted a witch doctor to administer some supernatural justice on her behalf. Mm, mm, mm. That was kind of a Casey Kasem move, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I yeah. like it. Oh, yeah. Half the audience just yeah. doesn't know what I'm talking about. Just two days later, authorities were stunned, Dave, when two men stumbled into the local police station with both the stolen cow and a painful predicament that was literally on their hands. Wow, look at that. Mm. Oh, yeah, here's a live view. According to Ithera, <laughs> the ne'er-do-wells had been trying to sell the stolen cow at a local market when they suddenly found themselves being attacked by bees. The agitated insects enveloped the hands of one of the men and began repeatedly stinging him. Assuming that the swarm was somehow brought about by their theft of the livestock, the pair headed to the local police station with the animal, confessed to the crime, and begged for help. That's what I'm talking about. Connecting yes. the stolen cow to Wythera, cops called the woman who revealed that she had hired a witch doctor to help retrieve the cow, and apparently his spell was a success. And there's a photo of it. I'd that say it was. Yeah. yeah. 
While the odd encounter, or excuse me, while the odd account of crime and justice might seem like some kind of local scuttlebutt, there's a word that we haven't used in a few days. Oh, yeah. A rather unsettling video from Embu shows one of the thieves marching towards the police station with his hands covered in bees and then wailing in agony outside of the building mm. as the swarm mercilessly dung him. Amazingly, he was finally able to find relief after police brought the sorcerer to the location, and he, in turn, performed a fairly simple-looking ritual, which caused the insects to stop their attack. Although everything seemed to work out for Wythera, local officials have asked residents to refrain from hiring sorcerers to solve crimes and instead <laughs> trust police to get the job done. Nah. That said, considering how successful the witch doctor was, yep. that may wind up being something of a hard sell. Mm, that's right. Yeah. I, I get look, the witch doctor. Those bees just surrounded his hands. Look at yeah. that photograph. Yeah, they surrounded. Steal a cow hands. now, master. Yeah. Wow. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. So, Greg, have you ever had any uh, thieves report themselves to your uh, precinct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With, uh, yeah. Bees yeah, covered all over their hands? Not bees, no. Usually uh, that has to do with meth or uh, or something like that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. That was a very like Barney Miller move when he said precinct as well. Yeah, precinct. precinct. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've got uh, two quick emails here, folks. Let's see if we can get through them. Uh, hello, Paranormal 60 News crew. My name is Sandra Kincaid, and I listen to your show every chance I can. I really enjoy the humor and the interesting topics. There you go, Eric. You wanted the, the accolades and love. Now you've heard there it. You go. Which there am I, though? Go. The humor the or the interesting topic? Mm. I've above. been interested in the paranormal ever since I saw a full-bodied apparition at Gettysburg Hospital while working Ooh. there on night shift. My daughter and I planned on going to Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum for my 60th birthday, which will be in two years. But after listening to your episode with Reverend Bill Bean, I'm, I'm starting to have second thoughts. What advice could you give me about going on a first investigation? I've seen lots of shows on the paranormal, including The Holzer Files and Ghost Adventures, and I've watched practically every show I could find on paranormal investigations. Ever since my experience in Gettysburg, I've been intrigued about spirits, not at rest, and why. I was recently laying in bed and heard my name called out by a voice I did not recognize. This was a shock, and I wondered why. I thought maybe you could offer some insight if you don't mind. All right. Thank you in advance for your advice. I hope all is going well with you and your family. And that comes from Sandra Kincaid. Well, thank you, uh, Sandra. Let's uh, tackle the first question. What's good advice for your first investigation? First of all, don't walk in a place of fear. That would be my suggestion. If it's something that you are fearful of, I will repeat what I've told people a thousand times. There are snarky prankster ghosts, and I will be one of them. So if I know you're scared, you're going to go on an oh, yeah. investigation. I'm the one that's going to be flicking your ear, poking your butt, you know, breathing on your neck wow. smacking stuff out of your hand Whoa. and i'll be tr trying to scare you throughout but if you walk in a place of fear you're kind of asking for it so i always say just go in and be respectful first and foremost and i've been to trans allegheny uh and it is um an unfortunate place it, a lot of sadness just show empathy love and caring do not invite the spirits back with you do not offer to take them with you to help them leave that to god not to you that that would be my first bit of advice. Gentlemen, is there anything you'd like to add about going on your first paranormal investigation? 
Eric. <laughs> I well, love the paranormal that. detective has I nothing. Well, I, I didn't want to cut in. I know Eric. Uh, Eric's. I, all over I've got thing. a lot of thoughts about this. We could go on yeah, for hours, okay. but I will say, keep an open mind. Yeah. Right. Not everything Good. you see is paranormal. Just relax. I think you. You for the fear one was a great example. Just relax mm-hmm. and listen. Okay. Be there moment. Yeah. I. I. I uh, uh, hold on. We're going to go to the Colonel yeah, next because I know you'll have more to weigh in on. So let's, let's knock out the two uh, guys that are going to last. Yeah. I think you touched on this earlier, Dave, be respectful. You know, you're going into their area and, uh, you know, you don't want someone to walk through your living room door and start screaming, show yourself, you know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> just one of those things. You don't know what I like to do in my off time. Don't I know. I, I like know. That. I, I, I kind of <laughs> assumed, but no, you're rightfully right. so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, paranormal detective, you have 30 seconds to answer the question and go. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, get rid of all your gadgets and pay attention to what's going on. Live in the moment. Uh, mindfulness is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we are all. Um, we have the tools that we need to uh, make whatever connection that we're going to make. You don't need your phone with an app and all that stuff. Put all that stuff away and listen. And maybe they Unless will have a message for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, play with the tools. That's always a fun thing when it gets quiet. But Greg's right. Get into those situations and let let yourself become one with the location, with the history. Research a lot about transalligating before you get there so that you understand the history and the hauntings and the spirits that would inhabit that building. And then be in the moment, listen be in the moment, record, you know, take pictures with your phone, but yeah, maybe stay away on your first investigation, stay away from the technology until two three hours in, then you can break that out. But for the first couple hours, really be into it. Now, your other question was, uh, you said I was recently lying in bed and heard my name called by a voice I did not recognize. This was a shock and I wondered why. Well, um, I don't know. You know, here's one theory. I'm going to give you the time slip phenomena uh, thought, you know, maybe you've made your presence known to the inhabitants of your house in the future and they know who you are, Sandra. So they're trying to call to you because you're haunting them. I don't think hauntings are always from the past. I think we may be experiencing something in our own time and from the future. So why wouldn't the future be hearing you? Just something to consider. Our final email. This one's a little deep, guys. Yeah. Deeper than Jeff. Hi, Dave. Yeah, deeper than Jeff. Come on now. Yeah, let's. Okay, hold tight now. Hi, Dave, Chachi, the Colonel, and Greg. I've been listening to you and following you since I moved to Minnesota in 2008. I have one question that I don't believe has been asked or answered in this time, at least not that I know of. Have you ever had interactions in a haunted location with people who were known Christians? I lost my father and mother, both of whom had strong faith lives, and I've never been able to get anything from them. However, my daughter just lost a best friend to suicide who did not have any kind of faith affiliation, and she has come through in dream visits and the spirit box. I'm just curious if ghosts and spirits are trapped when they don't have faith that tells them where you go in the next afterlife. Thanks for all you've done and are doing. Uh, I love your new show. I love the Holzer files and ghost of devil's perch. And I really look forward to meeting you in the future. Uh, I look forward to hearing your opinions. Thanks again. And that comes from Anne. So there's a lot to unpack there. And first of all, yes, a lot of the old locations we've investigated are 100, 200 years old. And and it's safe to assume that most of the inhabitants were Christian. 
Um, but people being people, if they have a belief in the, the concept of religiosity and good and bad and heaven and hell, perhaps their fear of judgment outweighs the desire to walk into the light to see what there's waiting for them. So some of these spirits may hang in. If your parents had a very strong faith, they just may have cleared through. Maybe you had a great relationship with them. Maybe there was nothing left to tell. So that could be why they moved on. Uh, I would be cautious with your daughter reaching out to a friend um, this early on. Uh, dream visitations are beautiful. They're nice little things. Trying to engage and call on that spirit. I would not suggest doing that because sometimes that's when the trickster spirits step in. And then uh, if, if that is going to happen, if you're going to allow that, then I would suggest you be there for the sessions where you try to make communication. And if things start to get dark uh, or the spirit starts telling her, you don't need this device to communicate, just let me into your head or something like that. Just stop it. All right. That's very important. Um, that's when bad things can take place. And unfortunately with children, a lot of times they make inappropriate choices and want to be in communication with somebody that they love so desperately that they may make a very poor choice. Um, sometimes just helping that spirit understand they can go on. Uh, suicide is a tough deal. And if they had any kind of faith or belief, maybe she's afraid of being judged as well. Now I do have it on good authority and I've spoken to many, many mediums over the years that there is no hell for suicides. The hell is probably them living the lives of, or, or reviewing the lives of everybody that they've impacted by taking their own and seeing the misery and heartbreak. I don't believe that it's flick, you know, flames licking at their heels. I just don't believe that our God in Christianity would do that because if these people are ill and dealing with mental, uh, deficiencies and adequacies, um, I don't know what the right term is anymore, but dealing with depression and anxiety is a medical condition. It's a, it's something that we can't control. And I've, I've spoken about this openly for years that I, I battle these things. I should have no reason to be somebody that deals with depression and anxiety. I have everything I've ever wanted and more, but depression and anxiety doesn't care who you are, what status in life you have when it comes for you, it comes for you. So it's a, it's a physiological issue. And I don't believe our God would punish us because we were sick and made a poor choice in a moment of weakness. That's my take on it. And that of many of the mediums I've spoken to, I do believe that there is a bit of a hell to this kind of situation only, as I said, because I think that those people that do that do have to realize how they impacted the lives of others so that if they choose to come back in another life, come back, they know the impact that that kind of decision would make again in the future. And hopefully they'll choose more wisely. That's my take on it. I could be wrong. I don't know. Gentlemen, do you, anybody else want to weigh in on their thoughts? I think that's really good, Dave. I really yep. do. Agree. But I All thought right. you were an atheist. I am not. I am, <laughs> We've come full I circle. Am, uh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, man, we're right like back that. to it. Yeah. Well, hopefully people heard from that last pitch that uh, I'm not. I, I firmly believe in a God and Jesus, but I just believe mine yeah. are merciful and full of love. And I believe that when we joke, they get the humor as well. So, Hopefully, you will all stay in tune with us as we continue this journey together, learning, loving, and uh, educating ourselves. I will continue to bring amazing guests on this program to give us insights. 
and new ways to look at things. And sometimes when I bring somebody that brings in a topic or an idea that is contradictory to yours, it doesn't mean that I ascribe to their theories. It just means that I think it's important we look at all sides of the looking glass because there are things to learn. I don't believe in every story I hear, but I'm just as fascinated by why those people believe that they've had those experiences. Uh, so I give them the respect that they need, the empathy and the love to be a clear ear and a non-judgmental place for them to share. And I hope that you'll come back for that. So stop worrying about my, my Christian faith. I promise you it is strong and a strong resolve. And I've seen too many miracles in my life and in the lives of other people that I know and love to believe that there's anything else other than something really remarkable out there. All right, that's it. Uh, let me make one last quick mention to you. If you're interested in the Paranormal 60 Protection and Energy Bracelet, the original, it's going away. We have 75 left. You can email me, Dave, at Paranormal60.com. That's Dave at Paranormal60. They're $40 a piece plus $7.95 shipping and handling. That's in the United States. If you are out of the country, you'll have to email me, tell me where you are. We will try to find out a price point for shipping for you. Again, so check it out. If you're interested in the Paranormal 60 2022 edition Paranormal 60 bracelet, uh, email me now because once these 75 are gone, they're gone. And Christmas is right around the corner, friends. So you want to pick it up. That's it. Uh, I want to thank the boys for joining us again tonight. It's been a pleasure to have you all back in under the roof. And I'm, I'm hoping that we can do this again very, very soon. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, great to have everybody back. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Colonel? Paranormal detective, sir. Chachi, chachi, chachi. Have a good night, everybody. Stay night, safe, no. and we'll see you again right here on the best in paranormal programming. This is the Paranormal 60. Paranormal 60 is a Words is Hard production.